This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let's pray before I go. We go to the Lord in, uh, in the Word today. Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you give us ears to hear. You give us eyes that see. We give you, you give us a spirit that understands what your word has to say, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that what you have me minister today is going to help people, Father, in their relationship with you. And Lord, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the title of today's message is, How Can I Know It's God? How Can I Know It's God? What? Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, if you did not get a sermon outline, raise your hand. <laughs> That's a bunch of people. <laughs> I tell you what, when you get up here, people start talking. You think, what? What are you saying? What? <laughs> sermon outline. So raise your hand real tall. High. There you go. Tall, high, same dip. Okay. I'll wait till you get it. <laughs> we'll wait because I want you to be able to stay focused on this because I think it's going to help your walk with the Lord. What he's got me ministering today. Praise God. Okay, so title is, How Can I Know It's God? So, a lot of times, believers struggle knowing if they're hearing from the Lord properly or not. Anybody ever have that problem? Sometimes you struggle with, is this God or not? You know, and so, God wants us to know how to be able to do this. Um, It can be a real problem uh, in our Christian walk because we don't want to make mistakes concerning the Lord, right? We want to be able to do things his way. We want to be able to hear from him if we go to him with something. We've got to hear from him properly. So we look to the Lord for help and direction. And this is especially true if you're coming to a crossroads in life. You know, which way do I go, Lord? Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go straight ahead? What do I do? So it's very, very important that you learn how to be able to hear from the Lord, to know whether it's God whether it's the devil or whether it's you. Amen. So the truth is you will make mistakes. How many can attest to that? All of us. You will make mistakes when you're trying to hear from the Lord. And usually the mistake is because of your own desires. I found that out in life. You know, sometimes you really want something bad. And so, yeah, you may go to the Lord about it, but you don't take the time to stop and listen. You just rush ahead and think, oh, yeah, it's okay with God. And then you fall into this big ditch. And sometimes it takes you a while to get out of it, like years. <laughs> so you, you really want to know, you know, not to do that. So we do need to learn from our mistakes, though. It's important that you learn. That's how I learned. You know, I'm, you know, I've been, you know, I've been born, I mean, I've been saved since I was like three and a half years old. I baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1976, give or take. So I've been serving the Lord for a while. But I've also made lots of mistakes not hearing from the Lord properly. So it's important that you learn from those mistakes so that you don't make them again. Amen. And so hearing from the Lord comes from maturity in Him. So... You know, we're just going to I don't I don't want to use the word trial and error, but in a way it is because 
You know, you, you think you're hearing from him and, oh, no, that didn't work. There's your error. So we want to learn how to not do it right. So the question is, how does the Lord speak to me? So exactly how does he talk to me? So the first thing is obvious. He speaks to us in his written word. He always speaks to us in his written word, the Bible. That's one way. Now let's just look up what the Bible has to say about itself. Look at John, the first chapter. Yay, raw. Yay, raw word of God. Hallelujah. This is going to be really good when you when you see this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm reading out of the New King James today. Getting so I really like this Bible. Whoops. Oh, just got to the spot and then closed it. Here we go. Okay. John 1, verses 1 through 4. This is cool. In the beginning was the Word, capital W. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. See, it says he. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's the Word? Jesus is the Word. So, when you're, when you're looking at the Word of God, you can know of a surety that Jesus is talking to you through His Word. Amen? That's a cool thing. You know, when you stop to think about it, we've got the Word of God. You know, the early believers didn't have what we've got. You know, we can go to the Word and we can sit down and we can, you know, seek out things out of the Word. And we know that that's Jesus talking to us because of the number one written Word. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12 and see what else the Bible has to say about itself. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living. Wow. Think about that. The word of God is living. It's not dead. This is not a dead word. The word of God is living and powerful. There's power in the word. And not only that, it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So if we're going to the Lord with something, the word of God is going to discern between our thoughts and our intents. Because sometimes our intentions are selfish, right? And so we've got to learn to distinguish because of the word of God if 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 the intentions are that we're wanting are because we're being selfish and stupid or, you know, because this is the way that the Lord really wants us to go. And then look at 2 Timothy 3.16, not to be compared with John 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture. How much scripture? What does all mean? All means all and that's all. (laughs) 
All, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Profit's a good word, don't you think? And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. How many of you have ever been corrected just because reading the word of God? And you think, whoa, I need to stop doing that. For correction. The word corrects us. For instruction in righteousness. So when we get born again, we're not all, you know, we need to, we need to get sanctified. What does sanctified mean? It means that, yeah, yeah, we're, when we, when we get born again, our born again spirit is right with God. If we die, we go to heaven. But we need to get sanctified. And that word sanctified means we need to get cleansed as we go along in life. You know, for those of you that have been born again for a while, how many of you realize you're not the person you were X amount of years ago? You've grown in the Lord. Some of the things that you used to do, of course, you're not doing them anymore. Some of the bad attitudes that you've had, you don't have those bad attitudes anymore. You've learned how to walk in love. You've learned how to walk in peace with people. You've learned how to walk in forgiveness with people. You mature as you go along. So the Lord makes us righteous through his word, through sanctification. Amen. Another scripture says renewing our mind with the word of God. So a lot of times, you know, we got to get rid of our stinking thinking. How many of you ever had stinking thinking? Oh, man, I hate that stinking thinking stuff. we got to get rid of the stinking thinking and renew our mind to the Word of God. Amen? So we need to know that the Word of God is the will of God. You know, if you look at an old Bible, sometimes it, when it starts the New Testament, it will say the, the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. The will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how many of you know that a will is a legal document, right? So isn't that cool? This is what Jesus left to us. This is his will. This is his testament to us. You know, I'm leaving again Wednesday. I got to go to Massachusetts and Rhode Island. My niece is getting married. She's the daughter of my sister that passed away this year. And then I'm going to help my my other my sister um, clean up my mom's house to get it ready to sell. Well, my mother made a will. So like those legal documents, these wills are like written in stone. You know what I mean? So so this is the same thing with God and his word. This is his will, the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to know, you know, for one thing, what's God's will in something, it's in his word. If it's not in his word, then, you know, it's probably not his will. Okay. So. Now, listen to this part, though. So what about things that are not specifically mentioned in the Bible? What do I do then? Uh, let's let's look at this, for example. Look at John 10, 10. I heard that Pastor or uh, Josh talked about this Wednesday night. Did you talk about John 10, 10? Somebody said you did. If you don't know John 10, 10, you have to memorize it. It's, it's just good. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Steal, kill, destroy. You got those three bad things? Who's the thief? The devil, Satan's the thief. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So a lot of times when you go to the Lord with a question of something that's not in the Bible, for example... Um, does it matter where I live? 
Who am I supposed to marry? What job should I take? You know, it doesn't say in, in there, Graceland, thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to work at da-da-da-da. It doesn't say that. But he does show us how to be able to hear from him when it comes to, like, choosing a job. If you get several job offers, Lord, which one's yours? Which is the one that you want me to go with? Um, what kind of education am I going to give my children? You know, that's a big, that's a big decision. Are you going to public school them? Are you going to Christian school them? Are you going to homeschool them? What are you going to do? That is a big deal. And you need to hear from the Lord about your children, about what you're going to do. So we need to be able to take this John 10.10 and go before the Lord with the issue at hand, okay? Does it matter where I live? Let's just take that one for example. It very, very much matters where you live. You may think that it's your own business where you live, where you move. I'm talking about if you move out of this town, if you move out of state, wherever you go. You think it's your business. Well, you're mistaken. It's God's business. He cares where you live. He puts everybody in a certain place because he wants them to be there. You know, that's that's the same way it is like with pastors. You know, past the Lord puts pastors in certain towns. And then he says to that pastor, okay, you take the town. So he'll assign pastors to a certain town and says, okay, that town's yours. You have authority over it. You take that town. You teach that town. You, you make sure that people in that town are saved. But also, if you're, if you're a regular congregation member, he knows whose the pastors are going to need to back him up. So it's very, very important that you know where you're supposed to live. So you can use that in conjunction with a job. So say you've got two job offers. One of them's in good old Barstow. The other one's in uh, Sacramento, just give or take. Let's, throw, let's just throw out a city. Well, God may not want you to move to Sacramento. But you've got to find that out. You've got to find out. Whether it's God's will for you to remain in Barstow and take the job that maybe doesn't look as good, doesn't pay as much, blah, blah, blah. Or to move to Sacramento where they've got the big job, you know, with the big bonuses and blah, blah, blah. But what if God doesn't want you there? That's going to be miserable living, folks. Nothing's going to work out right. You're not going to be happy. Things are going to be messed up. So it's important for the things that are not mentioned in the word specifically with your name on it, that you know how to hear from the Lord when you're making big decisions, big life decisions. When you come to the crossroads in life, how many have ever been in crossroads in life? How many have ever been in a transition in your life? You're transitioning from one phase to another phase. You're going from the from the spring season to the summer season to the fall season to the winter season. I mean, there's changes that we go through. And so we need to know where God wants us, when he wants us there, how he wants us there. And we've got to be able to hear from him. Amen. It's expensive making mistakes. Sometimes it costs you a lot of money. Um, I'll give you an example. Pastor says, always give the people examples. So here's an example of a big, major boo-boo pastor and I made. In Indiana. So we had bought the Assembly of God building. Well, okay, I gotta back this up. Okay, we pioneered the church two churches in Indiana, the first one, Joy and Living Christian Center. We pioneered it, 
We start with, with no, but no, this is not a church plant where some big church gives you 300 people and gives you a, a budget of whatever, rents your building. Nope. We pioneered means we had nothing, nobody, no money. So the Lord, we knew, I knew he was called. So I type up on this old typewriter, wasn't even electric, made these little flyers. I rented the YMCA, a room at the YMCA. I put all these little flyers around and I said, okay, pastor, you know, you're called, we're going. Sometimes you women have to push the guys, you know what I mean? So I said, you're called, you know, will you at least show up, you know? Because somebody told him he wasn't called to be a, 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 a pulpit preacher. You think he's called to be a pulpit preacher? Why, duh, yeah. But this person that told him that happened to be somebody that was influential in his life, a believer. That, that had, was of high authority. But I, being the wonderful wife that I am that, uh, to help me, I knew that man was called to preach. So I said, okay, I will rent the Y. We will pay for the Y out of your Teamsters pay the first week. And he said, okay, I'll go. He said, there better be money there and there better be people there. So we showed up at the YMCA on Sunday, November the 2nd, 1992. There were 30 people there and $600 came in the offering. So that started that, you know. Anyway, so you want to know about the big mistake we made. So we stayed in the Y for about three months, outgrew the Y, the room in the Y. Then we rented a building on downtown Martinsville, and, and uh, Jesse's seen that building. <laughs> Isn't that thing a sight? It's about as wide as maybe this, this, this front section here, and it went the whole block. We call it a shotgun building. Well, we stayed there for a little while, and then we outgrew that, so we bought the Assembly of God building. Okay, so we started growing again, and so we thought, we thought, we need another building. We need a bigger building because this building is not big enough. We already had two services. This building's not big enough. So we will sell this building. So we sold that building, and we had no building. We presumed, you know, you can't go presuming on God. We presumed it was God's will that we sell that building. Did we ask God? No. We were dealing on another building, but that building fell through. So there we are with this wonderful congregation, buildingless. Where do you go with all these people? Let's see, we went to the park, we went to the cater house, we went to the clubhouse, and we went all over the place. Major mistake. Major mistake. So think about this. So what was our mistake? Number one, we didn't stop and seek the Lord enough. We presumed that because we were outgrowing this building, that God wanted us to sell that building, get another building, which we tried, it fell through, so we are buildingless. You know, a lot of folks don't like to haul chairs around and don't like to haul sound equipment around and don't like to haul this around and that around. Amen. Yeah, we were on TV too. (laughs) Yeah, TV equipment, all this junk. So anyway, it was a major mistake. So I told you that because you think, well, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, they don't ever make mistakes. Uh, Yeah, but the thing of it is you learn from those mistakes. See, some of the mistakes that you're going to make are going to be whoppers, man. And some of them are just going to be tiny little things. But the bottom line is you don't want to make mistakes. You want to, number one, don't forget to go to the Lord. (laughs) 
Amen. In everything. And number two, make sure that you do hear from the Lord properly. So we're talking about things not specifically mentioned in the Bible. Okay, so. Number two, you need to listen to your spirit man. Number two, for things not specifically mentioned in the Bible pertaining to you, is that you need to learn to listen to your spirit man. Okay, so how do I listen to my spirit man? I'm glad you asked. Look up Psalms 46 verse 10. Psalms 46 verse 10. Says this. Be still. You got to be still. You got to be real still. Because how many of you know there are a lot of voices in the world? Dr. Barkley does a great teaching in SMTI about all the voices that are in the world. I mean, just think of the natural. You got the inside the house noises, everybody blabbing, TV's going, radio's going, you know, da 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 da. You go outside, you got all the noise, 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 noise. You got to be still, and he said, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. But we have to learn how to be still. Sometimes if you need to be still, you need to get out of town. Like a pastor and I need to hear from the Lord, sometimes we just go up to Big Bear. It's nice up there. I like it up there. It's quiet up there if you go the right time. You know, if you go on the weekend when there's a lot of noise, it's not the right time. But if you go, you know, we have a timeshare up there, so we go up there, and usually during the week, and it's nice and quiet. And that's the only reason we go up there. That's the specific reason if we need to hear from God, we usually do that towards the end of the year because we need to know what his plan is for the following, the next year. So you need to go somewhere where it's quiet. Now there have been times in our life when we didn't have a place to go. I remember one time there was these people back in Indiana, they had a little, uh, a trailer back in the, down in French Lick, Indiana. That's where, uh, what's that guy's name? Larry Bird's from. <laughs> Yeah, many remember Larry Bird and the Celtics and all that stuff back in the day. Okay. But they had a trailer down there, and they would let Pastor go down there in his trailer. But sometimes you can't even do that. So what are you going to do? How are you going to be still? You know, how are you going to do that? The Lord will show you in your particular, you know, situation how you can be still. Maybe even staying at your own house or something. Go out in the garage, you know, whatever. I don't know. But there's got to be a way that you can be still before the Lord. Okay, so you need to get alone before him so that you can listen to him in your spirit. And when you do that, you have your paper and your pen ready. And this is what I always do. I have a little journal, and I'll write down then any questions I have for the Lord. I'll write them down. It's important that you do that because he is going to speak with you. And it is important that if you're spending this time to get away with him, that you are going to know the answer. So have your Bible, your paper, and your pen. Write down the, the question that you have for the Lord. You write it down. Then remember the John 10.10 thing. Okay, a lot of times I'll make two columns over here. If I go this way, Lord, is this stealing, killing, destroying, or is this abundant life and that more abundantly? 
You list the pros and the cons. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes you don't need to do that. But it helps me. So I, I do that a lot of times. And then you need to pray in the spirit about it. Well, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you don't pray in the spirit yet. But that's a piece of cake for this church. So if you don't pray in the spirit and you want to pray in the spirit, come up at the end of the altar call and we'll, we'll you know, get you baptized in the Holy Ghost or we'll tell you about it or whatever. We'll lead you to somebody else that can can show you how to do that. But it's very important. Why is it important that you pray in the spirit? Because when you're praying in the spirit, you are bypassing your mind and you're praying out of your spirit. This is what this is where where the, the, the Holy Ghost is in here in your spirit, man. Amen. He's not up here. He's in your spirit, man. So if you're praying in the Holy Ghost, if you're praying in tongues, you're praying spirit, your spirit to God's spirit. Amen. And he's able to communicate to you those things that you need to learn from him. Because a lot of times if you're spending time, you know, praying with your natural, you know, pray with your understanding, that's fine. But sometimes you need to bypass the natural mind and you need to get to your spirit man. Look look at it, uh, Romans 8:28 and see what this says about your spirit and his spirit. So Romans 8:28 says this. Wonderful scripture. And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you go back up into this whole previous thing, he's talking about prayer. Now, I've told you this a hundred times. He's not talking about, um, you know, somebody's in a car wreck and so that's going to work out for good. I mean, you know, it's not talking about that stuff. It's, it's the topic of this whole thing is prayer. So it says, we know that all things, all things in what? All things in prayer all things that you're seeking the Lord about, all things that you're praying in the Spirit about, all of those things are going to work together for good for those who love God. You see that? It's important that you see that. Okay, look at Philippians 4, 7. So we're being still before the Lord. So Philippians 4, 7 says this, and the peace of God, that's what you want in your decision making, right? You want the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So this is what we want. We want answers from the throne room of God, because that's where the answers are, right? So while you're sitting there and you're being still before the Lord, you know, um, he may bring some scriptures to your mind. So that's what you need, to, your, your paper and your pen and stuff like that. And then sometimes if you pray in the Holy Ghost, he'll give you the interpretation of what you're praying for. And you can write that down. You'd be surprised what he will tell you when you're by yourself. So don't be in a hurry. You cannot be in a hurry. A man of God doesn't hurry. But neither does he hesitate. So you know that once you get that answer, you're waiting for the answer, right? You know that when you get that answer, then you don't hesitate with it. The Lord will show you what to do about the answer that he gives you. 
whether it's for right now, today, tomorrow, next year, when, when it's for, okay? The devil will push you. We've learned this in life. You know, it's like a salesman. You know, sign on the dotted line right now, right now. You gotta do it today. You gotta do it today. And that's the devil will push you. You gotta do this right now. You gotta do this right now. When the devil pushes me, I say, I back off. I just back off. I say, I'm not going there, devil. You just back off. Cause God's not pushy. He will not push you. So if, if the devil says, you know, you gotta do it right now, I say, no, no, no. I'm, you're not pushing me, Satan. You know, the devil will make you anxious. And he will make you worried and he will make you have full of cares. That's what the devil will do when he's pushing you. You've got to do it right now. But no, we don't. We don't have to do it right now. We don't have to do it until we hear from the Lord. And we know we've heard from the Lord. Amen. Okay, so. Then we need to uh, check, check with our spirit. So, you know, how do we do that? Again, it's not in our head. We reason in our, we, we reason, we think with our heads, okay? But it's in our spirit, man. So, say you go to the Lord about something, and either one or two things will happen. Um, do you feel a peace about it? Do you feel a peace in your spirit, man, about it? It's like a bel- velvety pe- feeling of a peace. Is there a peace here? Or do you feel a check in your spirit? Or a grieving in your spirit. Or a stop. Don't go that way. So you've got to learn to listen to your spirit man. See what I mean? When you're going to the Lord with stuff, when you get the right answer, it's just going to be honey. Whoa, man, that's it. And you're going to have peace about it. But if it's not, if you, if you start to go in the wrong direction, and it's like, Ugh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't go that way. How many of you ever had that check in your spirit? You know what I'm talking about. Yep, he tells you, no, don't do that. This happens to me a lot when uh, I may be talking to somebody. Maybe this happens to you. And you could tell them all kinds of stuff about, you know, this is how you fix your problem, da da da, da. And the Holy Ghost says, don't say a word. And have you ever gone ahead and said something anyway? And then you get super, yeah. And you get, oh man, I blew that because didn't didn't you know didn't go by the peace or the check in my spirit. So do you all understand what I'm saying when I say that? Because important that you do. But see, you're not going to know that unless you're still before Him. You know, a lot of times, you know, some things may be instant. You know, like you're talking to somebody and the Holy Ghost says, "Shut up, don't say anything." You know, yes, sir. You know, but if you go ahead and do it, oh, you blew that one. Yeah, boy. Been there, done that. Okay. Okay, so if you're married and you're going to the Lord about something, have your spouse do the same thing. Say, honey, I need you to, this is the, this is, a lot of times it's a, it's a husband-wife situation, you know, it's a family thing. You know, you go, oh, golly. You know, the good old example of pastor and I and taking this church in California. You know, man alive, talk about honey, honey, honey. I had honey, honey, honey. He had honey, honey, honey. You know, we came out here and it was awesome. So we knew this was the church. Did we have other churches we could choose from? Yeah. Um, There were a couple in Florida. There was one in Idaho. And I was reminded the other day there was one like in North Dakota or something. I mean, if that were just me, myself and I, hey, I'd go to North Dakota, get me a horse, I'm good to go. But this place... 
badly needed a pastor, but they were 300 miles from the Walmart. And I, you know, 300 miles from the Walmart, 300 miles from the Walmart. And we had teenagers, you know, how are they going to like that? That's fine if they want to be ranchers, but, you know, that wasn't the name of the game. So anyway, um, when we came out here, we just had never thought about California. You're in Indiana. You don't think about California. California is full of earthquakes and other things and will fall into the ocean. That's what the rest of the nation thinks about California. I'm just telling you. If you ever want to know what everybody thinks about California, that's it right there. So the California was never even in the thought process. And then the Lord brings this church up, and we're praying about it separately, and oh my gosh, it's just, we know we're supposed to be here. So they call us on the phone, you know, well, we had to do this over the phone, you know, whatever you call it, answer these questions, blah, blah, blah. So they, they sent us out here to, you know, preach a sermon. That was on uh, your birthday, July 17th of 2005. So we came out here, and da-da-da-da, and they hired us. We went back to Indiana and we had no idea how much money they were going to pay us. That wasn't even an issue. We didn't care how much money they paid us or didn't pay us. We would have paid them to be here because we knew if we were here, we were in God's perfect will. There's no place better than in God's perfect will. So anyway, we loaded up the truck and we moved to Barstow. Yeah. Yeah. So we're driving out here in our Penske truck. That was a fun trip. We're driving out here in our Penske truck, and we're talking to them on the phone every once in a while. We don't have a place for you to rent yet. We don't know where you're going to live. I said, there's no, and this, this person kept telling me, there's no place to rent in Barstow. And I said, by the time we get there, there will be a place for us to rent in Barstow. You know, and sure enough, there was. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you're not, when you know where you're supposed to be somewhere, the little incidentals don't really matter because you know that when, if you go where God wants you to go, that provision is there. He's going to provide for you there. Yeah. Everything is going to work out there when you, when you obey God and you go there. Now, was that an easy move in the natural? Uh, pastor's mom and dad were, were, uh, his mother had Alzheimer's. She was in a nursing home. His dad was in a nursing home. We left two teenagers there, Annie and Joe. You know, who in their right mind leaves their kids? When God tells you to go, you go. So we left Annie with Josh. Josh had his own place that he rented. So Annie moved in with Josh, and he could be the, no, Annie, you're not going to do that person. And then Joe, how many of you know Joe? Joe is Joe. And so we left Joe, and this is the reason, we left Joe with some neighbor friends that he grew up with. Why? Because Joe's the kind of kid, if he didn't want to be here, he would walk back to Indiana. That's Joe. So in Mama's heart, he was safe if he stayed with the neighbor kids and their family. Say, that's my reasoning. And he would have walked home. He would have hitchhiked. He didn't. He has no fear. He would have hitchhiked back to Indiana through the desert, the hills and the valleys and the streams and whatever. He didn't care. He would have gone. But then, you know, and then Pastor and I, when we were here, boy, did we miss the kids. I'd cry one week. He'd cry the next week. Then we'd both cry. Then the th- fourth week, we'd be fine. Then start all over again. 
I'd cry, he'd cry, we'd both cry, then none of, one of us would cry. But in the meantime, see, God was taking care of all this, and then they eventually came out. And Josh and, I mean, uh, David and Katie had gone to Ramah. They had left for Ramah at that time. Josh had left Indiana at that time, went to, to Denver to go to Master's Commission where he met lovely Julie. And then what happens? And all of a sudden, these kids start saying, Lord wants us to come out and work in the ministry with you. Come on. You know, come on, let's go. So anyway, they do. So, you know, so that was a major decision, right? We had help with that decision from Dr. Barclay because we're very faithful people. We would have stayed in Indiana till hell froze over. But think we had pioneered our second church. Things weren't going very well. So we met with Dr. Barclay in Cincinnati. We drove to Cincinnati. We had lunch with him. And he said, you ought to pray about a transfer. He said, God's not done. God's done with you here. But he's not done with you. And so I thought, glory to God. So I started packing. Didn't even know about the California church yet. I just knew we were going somewhere. Didn't know where, but I'm packing. I'm giving stuff away. Well, we don't need this, but I'm packing. Have no idea where we're going. But we were seeking the Lord, and then this place came up. So anyway, did you like that story? Yeah, I thought you would. Okay. (laughs) Okay, now, third thing is, God speaks to us. The first thing is he speaks to us through his word, right? Second thing is he speaks to us in our spirit, man. The third thing, he speaks to us in that still, small voice. The still, small voice. So let's look at 1 Kings 19. You know, this, this doesn't happen all the time, really, when, you know, the still small voice things doesn't happen all the time. Because he's got his word, because, you, get, you, you know, you got your praying in the spirit, but every once in a while, he'll speak to you in that still small voice. So in, in uh, 1 Kings 19, let's look at verse 11 through 13, says this. 1 Kings 19. Then he said, verse 11, Go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountain, so strong that it broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But guess what? The Lord wasn't even in the wind. So he's not yelling. You know, I've noticed about God, he doesn't yell. He wasn't yelling. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord wasn't even in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Still, small voice. I love it. Usually when I get the still small voices, when I'm not paying one bit of attention to what's going on with the Lord, you know, I'm just doing the dishes or whatever, you know, doing the laundry, whatever, and then he gives you this one-liner. I love it when he does that. You know, I, I preached a message on one of them he gave me, you know, about a month or so ago, which was called Battles Can Be Won Without Firing a Shot Through Prayer. You remember that? That was a one-liner. The Lord zinged at me one day. And then... uh 
Lately, he said this to me. He was talking to me about the staff, okay? But this applies to anybody. Okay, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm, praying, I'm doing stuff with, about the staff. He says, Lord gives me this one-liner, streamline. Nice word, right? Streamline. And I'm thinking about the staff. This can pertain to anybody. Streamline. And then he says, you got to clear the runway of debris. So when he says you got to clear the runway of debris, I'm doing a lot of flying lately, right? So I picture this plane on the runway. Well, the plane's not going anywhere if there's debris on the track, right? So, you know, I get this lately. He says streamline and he says clean the runway of debris. So I said, man, that's God. Because I don't ever say that kind of stuff. So I wrote it down. So then what do I do? I get on the case of the staff. I say, okay, guys, you got to streamline. You got to get rid of some debris. What's, what's hindering your thing in life? You know, let's examine ourselves. Let's figure this out. Let's get rid of some of the debris because in dealing with something like that, that hinders the church. You know, if we're not doing the thing we're supposed to be doing or if we've got too much stuff on our plate, we need to get some stuff off our plate so that we can and just fly on up. But, The thing of it is that God sometimes will speak to you in that still, small voice. And it's a cool thing when he does. The bottom line is this. Look at Matthew 13, 11. It is God's will for you to know. It is God's will for you to know. I'm not used to this monitor up here and all of a sudden I'm looking down. This thing's talking to me here. (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? Okay. Matthew 13:11 says this. It has been given to you to know, say to know, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, meaning the unsaved, it has not been given. So God doesn't want us wandering around aimlessly. It's God's will that we know. That if we go to the Lord with something that we need answers to, that we will get those answers. It's up to us to be able to learn to know whether it's God's, you know, talking to us or if it's us conjuring something up. So you've got to be very, very cautious. Again, don't be in a hurry. Make sure that you spend that time before the Lord and that you get the answer that gives you that peace and that honey in your spirit realm. You got that? Okay. Did this help anybody today? Amen. I, the Holy Ghost told me that it would. Amen. Oh, and I had to write a couple of side notes here. See my little, see my little things here sticking out on the side. I went to go to bed the other night and I was just about asleep, and I get this: Don't override the checks in your spirit. The Holy Ghost wanted me to tell you: Don't override the checks in your spirit. Don't override them. Don't just plod on ahead like a bull in a china cabinet, you know, closet store, whatever. Don't override your spirit. Stop. Okay. Also, in that still warm, small voice, sometimes he'll warn you. Don't go that way. You know, he warns us too. So those are the little tag on. So let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.